As a Padres fan, I assume you're okay with them hitting a grand slam in every game they play from here on out? <laughs> when you're a Padres fan, um, the fact that there's a grand slam in a game and it happens to be hit by the Padres is a real <laughs> nice change of pace. So, like, that's the real uh, <laughs> unwritten rule. It's supposed to be the Padres. So, like, when it is, what a relief. We're, we're allowed to do this on offense? Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah, once, once the Padres, like, I mean, you know, once the Padres throw a no-hitter, uh, in their entire existence as a team, like then, then we'll like start to feel like a normal. Then the unwritten rules might apply to us. God, um, yeah, they still have them, right? <laughs> yeah, no, we're. The, I think they were the only team. Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's? Do you know what the closest they've ever gotten to one is? Oh, um, not in a while. Uh, I mean, I want to say like during maybe the PV years, he got close. Hmm. That would make sense. You'd be the tiger uh, with Carolyn Light. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I'm not. I don't remember exactly the the closest they've come in in like more recent years. But the yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's one of those things. We're we're the you know the step brother franchise. We <laughs> we like we have like all these you know all the things that other franchises take for granted. We have to like claw for. Yeah, uh, although one thing that the step brother franchise has now that literally no other National League team does at this point uh, is what they've done over the past three days. They've hit a grand slam in each of the past three games. Oh, and, right. That's right. Yeah. The stat I saw this morning, I don't know if you saw it, it's the fifth time that's happened in baseball history and the first time that's happened in the National League since, do you want to hazard a guess the year, the last time they did, that was done in the National League? No. 1895. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, called, and I'm not making this up either, the Cleveland Spiders. <laughs> man and like who knows like, <laughs> it's probably the only the last or um the quit cleveland was in the national league yeah it was an old national league franchise that existed in the like 1880s and 90s and uh they the last year of their existence this was i mean it's you think baseball owners are bad now back in the 19th century baseball owners could own more than one team Oh, wow. The guy who owned the Cleveland Spiders also owned the St. Louis team that became the Cardinals. Yeah. And at some point, he just decided, you know, I think I just want the St. Louis team to be better. So at the end of the decade, he traded all the good players from Cleveland, including Cy Young, to St. Louis. And that was the Cleveland Spiders team that lost like 120 games and then went out of exist existence the next year. So, oh, my God. That's so yeah. Funny. I mean, yeah. like... I was gonna say, like, like the it's more likely that they that will repeat in Cleveland as the Spiders than the Indians, depending on. Uh, oh, absolutely, yeah. There, there's a movement afoot for the Indians to rename themselves the Spiders. I mean, it's, I mean, it's it's overdue for sure, and I'm, I, I obviously the Redskins should have been the first, you know, domino to. to yeah, <laughs> but it should be the, the Washington Dominoes. Um, <laughs> even better than the Washington Football Team. Yes. Yeah, right. I mean, the sponsorship uh, is right there. Have you actually like speaking of like weird old timey owners? Like, do you know why they're called the Redskins or were called the Redskins? Um, I know that the guy who owned them was super super racist, and he used to be from Boston. Well, uh, that yeah, I mean that goes without saying. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, but I, I don't don't know the origin of that name. No. Yeah, so it was it was a a football owner I, again, like an old timey guy who owned multiple teams, but they were just it was more ethical a little at least where it was across sports. So like he owned the um red Sox, mm. and and it was like uh the boston uh what were they some other the red it was, like, it was like the boston indians or something some other like oh the boston braves boston braves that's what it was yeah um 
alliteration, whatever. Um, <laughs> but like in a similar way, because he wanted the cross branding, he wanted red socks, red skins. Oh God. And they started playing at Fenway Park. Yes, yes, like, I remember seeing that and, they used to play there. Wow. Yeah, so like all this whole, this whole history that I was like, oh, we need to honor our heritage. It's like, oh, you need to, uh, to, to honor marketing. <laughs> it, 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 uh, that sounds like the most Boston thing possible. That, uh, so I want to cross brand it with the popular baseball team, but how can we make it a slur? Yeah. I know. <laughs> wow. Yeah, there's no proud tradition of like a tribe name that or anything. Obviously, no one. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, on that note, let's uh, do the quick show open and let's dig into like the good news that we're talking about with the podcast. Because oh, yeah. this is the Three Strikes Are Up podcast, part of the Outsports Podcast Network, the Outsports Baseball Podcast, episode number 40, the Wilson Contreras episode. My name is Ken Schultz, contributor to Outsports and Baseball Prospectus and stand up comedian in theory. The other voice you're hearing is a friend of the pod at this point. You might remember him from back in January when you talked about how exciting it was that the Padres had Fernando Tatis Jr. And we're about to talk about how exciting it is that the Padres have Fernando Tatis Jr. Jono Zalay rejoining us. Thank you for being back, Jono. Oh, glad, glad to be back. Good, sir. So how does it feel to know the Padres are making like national headlines for something that is in theory good? Oh, I know, right? Yeah, that's the thing is, uh, like... Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's the first time since, what, Gwyn's 3,000th hit, maybe? Yeah, I mean, it's in, like, uh, the season he got close to 400. Um, yeah, there, there's very few moments over the course of my lifetime, anyway, that the Padres have, like, made good news. Exciting <laughs> 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 and stuff. Uh, I remember, like, Gary Sheffield one year had was chasing the Triple Crown, which was real exciting, because... He had that terrifying swing. Um, but yeah, the, uh, yeah, the Tatis is a revelation. He's everything I wanted it more. He's earned his uh, ridiculous hair, as we were discussing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even know how you get that hair, because it, it's dreads, but it's also blonde. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, I, I have not, I need to contact his hairdresser. I now have long hair because of the, <laughs> the quarantine. <laughs> Gotta get some new looks. Even his pandemic hair is styling. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, uh, he's he's incredible. I mean, like, uh, yeah, he's leading the league in home runs and off in in changing the world as he does it. <laughs> yeah, it's astounding because you know going into this year, uh, we knew that that he'd had that incredible rookie year and was poised to really be something. But he's the kind of good now where even like following a little bit from afar and knowing that he's doing good things. Like when the controversy hit the other day my first thought was, holy shit, he's got 11 home runs already? So, like, even knowing he's good, he's, like, a step above for me at this point. Yeah. No, he's, he's, uh, yeah, he's electrifying. He, I think he also, like, stole third base while getting caught, like, in a whatever. Like, that's what I love about it. It's like, he, like, it's all, it's in who he, his DNA, where he's like, I'm going to try, even when it looks like the odds are dire, and, like, I'm going to hustle and, and try to make something happen with my athleticism, and I love it. Yeah, and the perfect thing about that st steal a third was it was against the same pitcher, Ian Gibo, I think his name is, the fourth musketeer that nobody liked. <laughs> uh, it was the same guy that threw the ball behind Manny Machado the night before. Oh, so it right. was also a message of even though, it, I think they were even up like 6 nothing at the time, and he says, yeah, mm -hmm. fuck you, here I come. Uh, yeah, good. Yeah. So, um, were you were you watching as that all went down the night he hit the two home runs that led to no. all the craziness? 
I got to say, like, during, I have not uh, splurged on the MLB package this year, and so I haven't seen. And I, I tried like anytime they would be like playing the Dodgers to check if they were on like a primetime channel that like I might have access to, you know. <laughs> but it just hasn't worked out, unfortunately. So I, I have not watched any actual games this season. I've just been hmm. following them online and stuff. Uh, so yeah, I didn't see it. I, I, I've just been watching like highlights and stuff. Yeah, the, the highlights of those in particular, both home runs, and actually to me the first home run that night was even more impressive to watch than the grand slam because the first home run was that just solid frozen rope off the bat that looked like it got barely 20 feet off the ground and just kept going until he realized it's over the fence. And the only other guy I've seen who hits, who's hit a home run like that is Giancarlo Stanton. So even though Tatis Jr. is not like 6'6", 280, he's in pretty damn good company. Yeah, no, he's like the amount of power you can have in that swing is like truly it's incredible. Yeah, so um, yeah, he's so, he's uh, go ahead. So did you see like then the the controversy just kind of unfold on Twitter for you as well? Like it did. did yeah, it? I was I was actually a little bit surprised there even was a controversy at first. So I was like, oh yeah, he's awesome, and then I thought it was like, oh Tatis a controversy, and like I thought I was like, is it because he's too good and it's not fair? <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out that's exactly the case yeah <laughs> yeah um so yeah like it's it's weird that the people were complaining about it. i was like what you can't swing on a three like what who 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 wrote that rule and it turns out no one did because it's a stupid, <laughs> stupid rule <laughs> it's, it's the dumb unwritten rules and uh um, yeah yeah it's like it's such a baseball thing that at, at a certain point people get mad at you for being good uh, yeah like no just being like orders of magnitude above everybody else is somehow to be frowned upon and you're supposed to repress that in, in this stupid sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're, they're actually a baseball writer named uh, Mark Kerrig with The Athletic kind of dug a little bit into it uh, the, the day after. And he wrote that a lot of these so-called the quote-unquote unwritten rules mm-hmm. come from that old era, like back in the 1890s, yeah, when yeah, the first sure. thing that every player was most concerned about was some good young player coming up behind them to take their jobs. And in blowouts like that, they always figured that if you got humiliated on that level, like the next day, you'd be gone and the young player would be in your place. Mm. So a lot of the unwritten rules are from that era where players were just kind of looking out for their other fellow old white people mm-hmm. to try to prevent cool people from coming up behind them. And it's right. just a, a tradition that now nobody thinks to question anymore. Right. It's like the electoral college where it's like, it's like, oh, they just couldn't count all that votes at the time. So like, <laughs> of course, and it took like people a week to, to, take a carriage to the polling place or something. Uh, yeah. Like, I, I, I wish at this point the Electoral College were an unwritten rule just so we could get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, right. Instead of codified into our Constitution. <laughs> <laughs> the Constitution, the original, the original respect the game document. Ugh. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah, I, I, that's a great perspective on the unwritten rules. It's like, it's a, an anachronistic thing that, like, should have been, you know, melted away decades ago and like i'm sure like there was other horrible unwritten rules like you gotta spike jackie robinson if you're sliding into second yeah well i mean think about this i mean the unwritten rule is you can't swing at the 3-0 pitch when you're up by seven runs to hit a grand slam and everybody mm-hmm. think you're cool but then that's you know that's disrespectful of your fellow players unlike say throwing a 93 mile an hour fastball at another human being on the very next pitch Exactly. Like I, here's the thing. I, I was thinking things like the, the unwritten rule should be don't endanger someone's life because you're mad at someone else. <laughs> you think like a bare minimum requirement. <laughs> yeah. Like the, uh, like even, even if you want to throw at someone, like 
have some patience and don't throw it as friend, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I have too many loudmouth asshole friends that have gotten us all in danger. Like that's not, that's never fun to (laughs) do with the repercussions of someone else's actions. And like, now your life is in danger with a 90 mile per hour fastball. (laughs) Uh, And like, yeah, like if, 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 Anyone on the Astros uh, in that year, sure, throw at them, let them know that their life should be in danger for happening to ruin a sport for a few years. Yeah. And and one of the things that's come out, I mean, there have been players talking about this too, that, Mm -hmm. you know, that Tatis Jr. and Machado are getting punished for hitting grand slams and being good. Mm -hmm. And the Astros have gotten no punishment at all because they have immunity. Yeah, like all, the only thing is again, their only rules is the only way they can be punished because like the actual written rules aren't doing anything. Because <laughs> <laughs> metaphor for America, yeah, yeah, seriously, there's they uh, arrest all the people involved in, in line to Congress and also maybe <laughs> the title of the cheating Astros. <laughs> the Astros are like Steve Bannon's new favorite team. It's going to turn uh, out. Oh, did you see that they like, apparently Kurt Schilling is somehow now involved with that? Perfect. Yeah. I saw that today. Like Kurt Schilling, like had the, the, the uh, perfect double header today where yeah. the first thing I saw this morning is that he's tweeting out in defense of Tom Brenneman. Yeah. Dropping an F bomb on the air. And yeah. then, like, an hour later, oh, Schilling is also part of the Steve Ballant- Spannon fraud scheme. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. delightful. The, uh, the, ma- the many unwritten rules that should maybe be codified is, like, don't do business with Kurt Schilling. <laughs> and afterward, don't allow him on social media or television. Yeah, yeah. And yet, somehow, <laughs> he's probably going to make the Hall of Fame next year, even in spite of all this. Oh, man. Yeah, that's, that's the unjustness of these, like but the shadow banning if you will like Kaepernick's still very good and can't get a job but like somehow Kurt Schilling is getting people's money still yeah and Kurt Schilling honestly uh, where they list all of his teams between you know Philadelphia Phillies Diamondbacks and Red Sox they ought to list just white privilege birth till now (laughs) wow Uh, as a Padres fan uh in the wake of all this kerfuffle how do you feel about this exciting team being led by a manager like Jace Tingler, who kind of showed his ass to everybody in the wake of all this, talking about a learning opportunity and kind of throwing Tatis Jr. under the bus? Yeah, for like, so, and he's not even like an old school manager necessarily. He's supposed to be this new, like, data driven guy where it's like, you, if you know the data that well, like, you should know that this gives you a competitive advantage and pitchers shouldn't think they get a free pass. And so, like, yeah, it's stupid, and I, I I kind of get it in the context of that's his old team, and he doesn't want to show them up or anything like that. And so, like, I I get it in a, like you I know you can feel all weird about it because this is their first time playing the, the Rangers, but like, don't throw your new fun superstar under the bus. You're going to turn your entire fan base against you. Like, yeah. And, and it's, you really run the risk of losing any young, exciting player that also follows in Tatis's wake. Seriously. Uh, and and you, run also, you run the risk of turning your clubhouse into, like, the old players against the, the young guys. And yeah. in a year that where it, clearly it looks like the Padres are just about to take that next step, that's yeah. the last thing you want as a clubhouse to dissolve that. Yeah, yeah, like, their window is opening. Like, I'm not saying, like, this is their year. I wanted it to be their year, but obviously things aren't breaking their way in, uh, as a whole team other than Tatis. Um, so, like, yeah, like, I, as their, like, championship window is opening, you need to have, like, that good chemistry with, like, all levels of 
management and players and and hopefully like you want to attract those fun good players to come to want to come to San Diego yeah that, that's one of the things that when the Cubs window opened in 2015 where they made the second wild card that year and beat the Cardinals in the first round of the playoffs one of the things that was really paramount to that was bringing Joe Madden on board and him establishing a culture of hey I'm gonna let you be you like if you're Javi Baez and you do these amazing things in the field I'm not going to try to put a clamp on that. It let you just run wild and, mm-hmm. and just do the things that, that come naturally to you so well. Uh, and that established kind of this, this culture where the Cubs just played free and easy for a couple of years. And kind of for a team that had that weight of the 108-year drought on their backs, that was so vital to them actually performing at the times where they needed to be free and easy the most, like when the chips were down, especially in 2016, uh, in both in, in all three playoff series. And you have to, I have to think that establishing that kind of culture with the Padres, especially for a franchise that has never won a World Series, and I'm sure the fans are quick to remind the players anywhere that, that they're waiting for their first, is also kind of vital. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I would, it's, uh, and like we're supposed to be the fun, carefree team anyway. Like yeah. we're not, we're not like, you know, Steinbrenner telling you to cut your hair or something <laughs> like, you know, this is, we aren't, we aren't the defending a legacy of the sixties or something. We're, <laughs> we're the, we're the laid back beach team. Come on. <laughs> defending a le- legacy of the Brown uniforms at this point. Yeah. Oh my God. I do love the Brown uniforms. They're so great. They, they, yeah, they look good. Uh, my favorites are the solid Brown ones actually, which mm-hmm. usually I'm not a big fan of solid Brown, but, that that combination with the gold lettering just really works well. Yeah, I love it. It's I, I also do really like the pinstripe um, brown because it's like you know it. I don't know. It just it just uh, combines a lot of that '98 um, season look where they were very good. So there's like a little bit of nostalgia to the pinstripe a little bit as well. Um, but yeah, absolutely. The brown is the is the MVP of that uh, of that uniform for mm-hmm. sure. Um, and so segueing into kind of the performance of the current team, they're not, you know, necessarily disappointing yet. And, and in a year where you're going to have eight teams from each league make the playoffs, it's not like they've torpedoed their season. But yeah, it also feels like that they're kind of in this weird middle ground where you see that so many guys are ready to be contenders, but the mm-hmm. team overall uh, just isn't in the standings yet. Yeah. Um, and is, is that mainly the bullpen's fault right now because that's been such a tire fire? I mean, you gotta, I mean, like, you gotta put points somewhere. It's that. Like, it's, you know, you know, and they lost Yates for the year. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, like, Paddock isn't doing as much as we'd hoped. But, like, what's it, how many games are at this season? 16 or something? Yeah. 16. Six. Yeah. Uh, like it's 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 going to be a crapshoot anyway, either way. Like you know, the Padres always would like lose a month of the season to some like weird slump or injury, and like they'd come roaring back and like almost make the playoffs a year or two. Like it, it's like I can't you can't count on unless you have a like incredibly stacked team. There's no given in a shortened season like this where everything will like average out over the course of a year. So like you know they'll they'll go on a five game skid and it's like well yep that's the Padres I'm used to it so it's like <laughs> like it's it's disappointing but you know like and and they don't 
like I said, like I, I wasn't ready for this to be, or I wasn't expecting this to be like, this is the, the lock year where they're definitely making the playoffs and they still have the Dodgers in front of them. Still, like it's, you know, it's cool to see like developing players and it's um, like, the, it's cool to have sports at all, even in a highlight form, like just to see Tatis just crushing grand slams, no matter what the counts is, is like a nice mm-hmm. uh, little thing. I actually like the fact that I don't even know if they should be playing to be honest. Oh yeah. We, we talked about this on the podcast a lot that I, I love that there's baseball back and it's, mm-hmm. it's such a, a relief. It, the way I, I phrase it is, the second game of the season, uh, the Cubs fucked up a rundown against the Brewers, and I jumped off the couch and I screamed at the TV. And 10 seconds later, I realized, I am so happy to be mad at this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's great that that's there, but uh, underlying all that is the realization, and again, with the Cubs playing the Cardinals this past week, it's right in front of your face, that you have all these guys who are putting their health at risk during a worldwide pandemic, and especially in a country that can't contain it, essentially for our entertainment. And yeah. there, there is that part of me that realizes that, yeah, there, that is a little bread and circusy Roman Empire-ish. Uh, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, like, the, like for basketball, it kind of makes sense because like there's so few players per team that you can have a little bubble like the way they did. And it was for a shortened season on top of the shortened season. Yeah. So like the, the idea that like you can have that many players play even 60 games is like a little ridiculous so like yeah i'm not like i'll 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 feel like we'll try to sort it out in the off season if you know if we end up sneaking into the playoffs that's bonus and you know like we still like i said have the the dodgers ahead of us making big deals like I'm, i'm happy with the deals we have made like to get you know the machados and the hosmers and stuff but like we're not throwing money at mookie bets the way that the dodgers are like that's like you're also going to have Tatis for the first six prime years of his career. And that's yeah. most like, likely going to be statistically the best he's going to be. Right. Uh, exactly. like, I think we have Machado and uh, Tatis locked up for like another mm-hmm. eight years or something. Yeah, and, and Hosmer for a while too. Although that's yeah. not necessarily the best contract at this point, but yeah. yeah I mean, a, it was the first little chip to like uh, attract players like Machado. So like, I'm, I'm cool with like, paying a little less on the dollar or more on the dollar. Right. And uh, the, the owners can afford everything too. I mean, we've talked about that before in, in terms of uh, chasing the Dodgers. It, it seems to me that it's falling into kind of a familiar pattern over the past, like five or six years where uh, I, I kind of saw the results from afar where the Padres played them over the past couple of weeks, where they took either the first or the first two games of a series. And then just as you think, okay, this is the statement where they're telling the Dodgers we've arrived the Dodgers utterly wax them right back. Yeah. And the Dodgers have this thing where it seems like they kind of muddle around for the first little bit of every season. And then once they get hot, it seems like they always have a point in their schedule that coincides with it, where they play like nothing but the angels and the Mariners and they win like every single day. And how, how frustrating is that to realize that? You, yeah. You're chasing that year after year after year. And that's, that's what you got to be better than. I mean, it's, it certainly feels like a, a handicap. You know, like um, the way that, you know, being in the same division as like the Cardinals or the Yankees must feel like where, you know, they just have things line up for them because they're this, you know, legacy institution and like that they have a soft schedule in some places. I don't know. It's it. 
it, it's like so natural that it doesn't even like I don't even notice it. Like mm. it's just like, oh yeah, well we have to like also overcome this. <laughs> God, that that's that's depressing. That that's like pandemic life, but applied to baseball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. After a while, it just go well. I guess this is the new normal. Yeah, yeah. The the Dodgers are the virus. Oof. <laughs> nature is healing <laughs> dodgers are winning <laughs> <laughs> the natural order has restored itself yeah uh, so in, in terms of the bullpen was it like yates's injury do you think that blew everything up or because right now I, they've got like two guys who are performing and nobody else it seems like probably i mean like everything in baseball it's so much like more psychological than just you know everything else like if you don't if you feel like you don't have anything behind you that can close it out, maybe I, who knows? I mean, and like Gates wasn't even having a good season to begin with and then he got injured. So it's like, uh, I don't know. Like I, I couldn't tell you what's causing it. It's just like, you know, the lack of confidence that you, that comes with like, you know, a few bad luck things that's the snowball. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure they have a ton of young and unproven players because everybody does in the bullpen this year, especially and if you lose your guy who is your anchor of confidence, yeah, there's probably a point where they look at each other and go, well, which one of us is going to step up? Because I, I don't know if it's me. Yeah. Like, it, I remember, like, in the offseason, there was talk of, like, oh, we need to get some talk of, like, oh, we need to get some more pitchers or bolster or whatever. And, and like, the, the management was just like, no, we've got we, – we're set. And, and like, I, I was like, um, <laughs> you, you tell me. I mean, <laughs> like, I – I'm not that confident. I, like I've never been, but like, uh, you yeah. know, but I, I think they were probably overconfident in this like unit going into the season and like on paper, they could have been great. And then just things didn't break right. And that's how it goes. But yeah, I, I think the general baseball rule is anytime you feel confident that you've got a good bullpen, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> No, sorry. All right. Uh, and, and you mentioned uh, kind of the weirdness of watching pandemic baseball. Uh, did you see the highlight of Machado's walk-off slam last night? Because that, that was that in a nutshell right there. Mm-hmm. Where, I mean, it, it's gone as soon as it leaves the bats. And you know the Padres have won in, possibly in the most exciting way possible, coming back right. from a 10th inning deficit to win, no less. Yes. Uh, and Don Orsillo is going nuts on TV, but he's going nuts over the sound of nothing. And it... <laughs> It, it's like he's screaming his home run call into a vacuum. Yeah. At least he's not using a gay slur. <laughs> Which yeah, you, you'd hope would be the bare minimum for getting a job in 2020, but apparently not some, yeah, some places. It's, it's the, it's the, I actually didn't even I – was, I was watching that highlight in, uh, in bed next to my girlfriend who was asleep, so I had it on mute. So I didn't even get to, to hear him go nuts in the silence. I had to be silent myself. I was just like, oh, <laughs> that's a good that's a great swing that is out of here and then he like does a little very proud march around the bases as you should and i mean honestly you were simulating petco park in that moment <laughs> seriously it's, yeah i mean that that's that's a grand slam walk-off slam in front of essentially 2020 where mm-hmm. they're happy and that's good they have to be happy because no one else can see it yeah yeah uh <laughs> it's i i'm i'm glad yeah don Arcillo is not doing the tom brenneman thing it's uh, have you seen the sound clip from that yet? Uh, I've, I've seen the beginning of the, the sound clip where he starts to apologize and someone hits a home run. Which yes, is which is perfect. <laughs> My God. Castellano sent it out. It's, it's like, even in, in the middle of realizing I'm a terrible person who's done a terrible thing. Oh, and that ball's gone. Yeah. 
have you seen uh i'm assuming you've seen brockmeyer a uh, little bits and pieces i haven't seen the whole series but right yeah. yeah i've seen like three or four episodes it's it's like you know i don't love it but it's it's cute and great and like has a very fun like baseball motif like that like permeates that sort of weird old school new school element and whatever but yeah like his his announcer voice is so good and like the idea of like the comedy you can do with that voice is so wonderful it's like this this would absolutely is in that world of like so ludicrous it seems like it was written into a tv show <laughs> <laughs> the live mic catching your your gaze. yeah my, my, my favorite underrated part is like immediately after dropping the homophobic slur like five seconds later he's doing an ad read on the air <laughs> And I got to think, Randy's St. Clair Roofing probably did not think they were going to be the official sponsor of Tom Homophobic <laughs> Geography Bee. Oh, that's great. Uh, John, do you have anything to plug while I still got you here? What's up? Anything to plug while I still got you here? Um, when does this drop? This drops tomorrow, uh, Friday. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm doing um, <clears throat> two Zoom shows, uh, stand-up-wise, this weekend. Uh, the Comedy Studio, which is in Boston, but they do a digital thing called Virtually the Same. I think it's the comedystudio.com. And then uh, KO Comedy. Um, you know, I, I forget the web address for that, but I think it's like kocomedy.com or whatever. But yeah, I'm just doing a couple Zoom sets. You can see my jokes, uh, <clears throat> my <clears throat> ridiculous beard that we're talking about. <laughs> I mean, we talked about before we started taping, you are, you are closer-esque uh, with, with the beard yeah. you got right now. That, that, that is... That is old school Craig Kimball right in front of me here. Thank you so much. I, honestly, you've got better control than Craig Kimball at this podcast, <laughs> any indication. Uh, but yeah, John Azalea, I hope uh, that those shows go as well as the next few years are going to go for the Padres. It's been a pleasure hey, talking to you again, friend. Yeah, this is, our, this is our decade. Yes. Bumpy start, but we'll get there. Just <laughs> <laughs> give it another 10 years, it'll be fine. Yeah. It's, it's, it is always sweetest when you arrive at the destination. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs>